Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. Help us to stay Bible-centric and Jesus-centric, not world-centric. Let's take the lessons from what the Bible has to say and, and, and have us lead our life that way. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and read this, okay? And then we'll just kind of talk about it. You've, you have all heard of the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? Well, you haven't heard it like this. I'm just, I'm just telling you up front. Unless you've been in one of my classes before, you haven't heard it like this. So, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, that's Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and sent him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave him to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come back, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said to him, He who showed mercy on him, then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. So you've heard this before, right? You've heard this before. In fact, truth be told, you hear this almost every day. It's, if, you, if you really pay attention, it's almost a day can't go by with some report from somewhere about a good Samaritan, right? Good Samaritan saves dog. Right, Good Samaritan saves dog. Some poor dog was was stuck, you know, stuck in the river or stuck in a lake, and some Good Samaritan came by and saved the dog. Or, or you'll hear a story: um, a Good Samaritan rescues man from dog. <laughs> you know, dogs attacking, and some Good Samaritan came over. Yeah, there's Good Samaritans all over the place. There's Good Samaritans all over the place. We use this this term um, frequently. And the idea is if you do something nice for somebody else, uh, you could be called a, a good Samaritan. And, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as we don't lose sight of what Jesus was actually saying. Because this parable went from verse 25 to verse 37. In the first few verses, the man was being asked, he was asking Jesus what? How do I inherit eternal life? Now, this is a serious question. Yes. A man rescuing a dog is not a serious issue, okay? So we don't want to equate the answer of how do I inherit internal life with, oh, just if you see a dog or you see a cat stuck in a tree, help the cat. Mm -hmm. 
That, see, that's, what, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't equate the response to just doing something nice for somebody else. Just be a good Samaritan. Just be a good Samaritan. Instead, he tells a, a story. First of all, he asks a question to the man. He says, well, what, is the, what does the scripture say? And the man answers correctly. He basically summarizes the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, you got that. You got that. Now, the issue is, is what Jesus said. He said, go and do that. Well, here's the thing. Jesus, all through, all through the New Testament, every time somebody brought up the law, he went one step higher, right? So he said, you think you know the Ten Commandments, but I tell you if that if you looked at a woman or a man with lust in your eyes, you've already committed adultery. If you've been angry with somebody, you've already committed murder. So Jesus is always taking the, the law and understanding that what, what God is really after is what we call perfection. Perfection. We're after perfection. That's what God is interested in. God is a, a perfect God. You know, I was a teacher. You were a teacher, right? For years and years and years, you were a teacher. And, and I had students that didn't study quite as much as they should. But they were still good students. But they didn't study quite as much as they should. And I found when I was teaching that I sometimes, even though I wanted perfection, I didn't get it. I, I rarely got it. Even when it was a relatively simple test, and the answers were pretty straightforward, and all they really needed to do was spend a little bit of time. Did I get perfection? Nah, I didn't get perfection. So what I would do is I would curve, I'd curve the scores, right? And if I found that if my test was a little too hard and I had a lot of people scoring 40, 50, 60%, guess what? 40, 50, 60% became a passing grade. <laughs> Right, so it became a passing grade, you know. So if 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 the very best student I had only got eighty seven percent right, well, that was an A. That was an A because somebody's got to get an A. So I would I would curve, and you guys understand this. I mean, you probably went to schools and you were happy that they get a curve, right? Because you take the test and you say, "Oh my goodness, I, I don't think I got more than half right." I hope the curve is low enough that I get a passing grade. So we all understand this. Well, here's the thing. God doesn't grade on a curve. He doesn't grade on a curve. God is perfect. He's all holy. He's all just. He demands perfection. He demands perfection. And now when we read the story of who is my neighbor, we see perfection. So let's just, just, take, a look, just take a look at some of the story again. I mean, understand that we're talking about perfection. There was a priest and a Levite that went past this guy and left him alone. Now remember, the man was half dead, right? This man that was going from um, uh, Jerusalem to Jericho was robbed, <clears throat> mugged, and left half dead. Now here's a, here's a medical question for you. What's the difference between half dead and all dead? Do you know the, difference? Do you know the answer? The difference between half dead and all dead. What's the difference between one and <laughs> Half dead and dead dead. Now that's me. <laughs> Here's the answer. I'll give you the answer to the question. It's not a hard, difficult question. It's not a trick question. All right. The answer is time. If this man did not, if somebody did not come along and help him, given enough time, half dead man would become dead dead man. He'd die. Because... They had, they had mugged him. They had hurt him so badly that he was either bleeding or, 
unconscious or whatever it was, he was going to succumb to his injuries. He was going to be dead. So this man is in serious, a serious shape. But the Samaritan comes by. Now Jesus intentionally chose a Samaritan. Why, why did he do that? Do you remember why he did that? Samaritans weren't. Favorite. Not a favorite. Yeah, that's taking it lightly. They, the Jews hated the Samaritans, right? They hated them. They would, they would walk around Samaria in order to get to Galilee. They would, they would avoid them. They wouldn't talk with them. They, they treated them as worse than dogs. Now, truth be told, the Samaritans thought about the same with the Jews. They, they didn't have much to say nice about the Jews. So he had these two groups of people, these two nations, okay, these ethnic groups that didn't like each other. So Jesus chose a Samaritan very intentionally because he's showing what it takes to be really a good neighbor. And remember I said that God doesn't grade on a curve. God is perfect. And he wants perfect obedience, perfect submission. So as we see, listen to what he says. So, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, saw him. He had compassion, number one. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Put him on his own animal. He's probably riding a donkey or a horse or maybe a camel, most likely a donkey. And instead of riding himself, he takes the man, he lifts him up, puts him on his own animal, takes the animal by the halter and the lead, and takes him to the nearest inn. Okay? When he gets him to the inn, okay, takes him off, helps him into the inn, tells the innkeeper, here's two months' wages, okay? A denarii, two months wages. Okay, I, I think when I told you this story before, I told you how I could pat myself on the back because here's, here's, here's truth. This is what I've done, okay? I've taken a church credit card, a church credit card that I had as a pastor and I gave it to an innkeeper and I put one day's charge on that, on that credit card. We found a guy that was homeless, didn't have any place to go. He's knocking at the door of the church. What am I gonna do with him? I could have taken him home, okay? I took him to a hotel and said, I used the church credit card, put one day's charge on that $56.45 at the Holiday Inn, right? And I said, boy, am I a good guy. Look at what I did, right? That's not what this man did. He didn't use a church credit card. He didn't give him one day's charge. He gave him two months worth of lodging, two months worth of lodging and said, take care of him. And if this doesn't cover it, I'll go out of my way. I'll stop at the same inn when I come back. And if there's any other charges, I'll pay for those too. I'll pay for those too. That's perfection. That's perfection. This is not helping some cat in a tree. This is not stopping alongside of the road because some person is trying to change a tire and you decide that you're going to help him put the tire back in the car until State Farm comes and does a better job than you do, right? So, so we use the term Good Samaritan, not in a bad way, a good way. Does Jesus want us to help people? Of course he does, of course he does. Is it, is it good to, to help the cat out of the tree? Is it good to stop along the side of the road and help somebody that's a stranger? Is, is, it, good, is it good to do that? Absolutely. The question is, can you inherit eternal life by doing that? The man's question was, what do I do to inherit eternal life? What do I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, okay, 
This is what you need to do. And then remember the man said, love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. The man's wanting to justify himself, wants to make sure he's got his ticket to punch to heaven, says, well, then who is my neighbor? This, this response is to identification of who your neighbor is because you're supposed to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And if that's perfection, if that's what the law requires, then what do I need to do to fulfill that portion of the law to love my neighbor as myself? And Jesus just told him all of this, all of this. And it doesn't say do this once. <laughs> it says go do that. Just, just go do that. I mean, it's nice that you helped a cat out of a tree once, but you're in charge of all the cats now. <laughs> you know? That's your cat ministry, okay? You know, it's catsareus.com, right? And you got a board of directors and you got funding because you're going to help every single cat. Because your neighbor, your neighbor could be of a different ethnic group. It could be of a different race. It could be of a different language. It could be somebody that you actually, as a family, despise that you have nothing to do with. But if your neighbor's in need, this is what, what's required of you. So this causes... A problem, right? This causes a problem because we have the same question. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? I mean, I'm interested in going to heaven someday, right? Aren't we interested in going to heaven someday? I want, I want eternal life. I, if, if the Bible is right that there's two places, that there's a heaven and a hell, I, I want to make sure that I go to the right former, place. not the latter, right? I want to go up. I don't want to go down. So the question I have is the same. What do I... What do I do to inherit eternal life? Well, all through the New Testament, Jesus, every time there was a law, he took it to the nth degree, right? He showed that perfection was what it was required. Bible also tells us that there's only one person, only one person that's truly perfect. Only one person that, even though he was made just like us, and he was tempted the same way we were, yet he was without sin. Completely without sin. And not only was he completely without sin, but then he chose to die on the cross. And he died on the cross not because he was a thief or a murderer, but because he deserved it. But he did it as a sacrifice for our sins. He paid the price we couldn't possibly pay. So I want you to take a look at this parable and understand that this parable is no different than most of the other teachings of Jesus. Jesus is basically saying... With man, it is impossible. If it was up to you, you would never pass this class. It was up to, you could study as much as you want. You could have all of the answers before the test, but I guarantee you, we would never pass this class. But aren't you glad that we have a savior? This parable is very similar to a lot of the other parables we've read. This parable is about Jesus. These parables teach you principles of the kingdom of God. And when we, learn, when we take a look and we look for the parables, these teachings of the kingdom of God, we look for the king. And the king is in here. And the king is in the priest. And the king is in the Levite. He's not the man that fell among the thieves. He's not the thief. The king is the good Samaritan. It's Jesus that did that. Jesus is the only one that's capable of being able to be consistently the, right, the good neighbor. 
Jesus, remember, is not called the good neighbor. What's Jesus called in the Bible? He's called the good shepherd, the good shepherd. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are the sheep that have gone astray, but he's the good shepherd. He's the one that watches over us and takes care of us, lays his life down for us. That's, that's Jesus. That's the, that's the good shepherd. So that might be a little different. Is that a little different than you've heard before? Unless you've, of course, my, my teaching, I guess I've taught this a few times, but yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong, when, when, when people talk about being a good Samaritan or they honor somebody for doing something good, that's okay. You can, you can applaud that. You can thank, aren't you glad that somebody is willing to, to go out of their way to help somebody else? That's a, that's a good thing. That's, those are things that we should do. We should do that as well. We should, we should try to help other people. Remember the old days when people used to pick up hitchhikers? Remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. People don't do that much anymore, right? <laughs> we don't do that much anymore. I remember I used to do it. I used to travel quite a bit. I was working for Ford Motor Company. This was back when I was probably 32, 33 years old, and I had a company car, and I'm driving around this great state of Michigan, going from place to place, and, and I was all by myself listening to the radio, and every now and then a, per, a person would be hitchhiking, and I'd pick them up. I, I'd figure if they're going, I'm going the same place they're going, I'll give them a ride. It gives me somebody to talk to. I was a Christian. I could always witness to him. You know, I got a, I got a captive audience, right? They can't get out of the car going 75 miles an hour. If I tell them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through him, they can't get out of the car. They're stuck. So for whatever reason, I picked up this guy. I was, I was along the highway in Michigan. And uh, I picked up the guy, and uh, he was actually uh, going to his father's wedding. His father and mother had gotten divorced, and he was a college student at, uh, at uh, Michigan State University, and he was traveling back to Detroit and trying to get back to a, a wedding, and his car had broken down, car had broken down. But the wedding was gonna be coming up in a few hours, and he wanted to get to the wedding, because it was important to him. And I said, well, I tell you what, I'm not in that big of a hurry, I'll, take I'll actually take it. I'll actually, you know, tell me where it is. And he told me where it was, and I said, I know, I know that location, I'll, I'll take it, I'll, I'll, even, I'll get you to church on time. So he looked at me, he's talking to me, and I've got Christian music playing. He's looking around, I got this brand new car. And uh, he says, uh, have, you got a, have you got a driver's license? <laughs> I thought it was kind of a funny question, right? You got a driver's license? And I said, yeah. He said, uh, do you mind if I see it? I said, well, it's kind of an unusual request, but it's right here. So I pulled out my wallet and pulled out my Michigan driver's license. And he just glanced at it. He said, oh, that's okay. I just, I, just, I just wanted to ask. And I said, why did you ask? And he said, well, I've never had an experience like this. I was trying to figure out how I was going to get to my father's wedding. And I'm, I even know, I've never even hitchhiked. The next thing I, throw, I put my thumb up and you pick me up. It's an air-conditioned car. You've offered me something to drink. You're going to take me to the wedding. He says, I thought you might be an angel or something. I didn't know what this was. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? And I said, oh, my friend, I'm not at all, not at all. I'm just, this is a company car. It's not even my car, you know? It's not even my car, and I got some time. I'll be glad to take it. But, but here's the thing. We don't want to stop doing good. You, you, you want to do good. Don't be discouraged when you see this parable that this man was able to take enough money for two months, two months of, uh, of uh, hotel bills, and, and willing to do this and go way out of his way. Don't you think this was inconvenient for this Samaritan to do this? He was, he was on his way, he was going somewhere. I was just driving, I mean, I had nothing to do that day. I mean, I'm just driving back to the office. You know, if I get to the office 15, 20 minutes late, big deal. 
So I was an inconvenience. This man was inconvenienced. So the idea is this, is, is, is we want to do that. We want to be able to try to help people that are in need. You want to be able to give to people that ask of you. You want to be able to be free to share. You want to be able to be giving of your time. Sometimes it isn't so much people need money. They need, they need time. They want to be able to talk. They want to be able to, to visit with you. Um, when my kids come and visit, don't you know everything else stops? Everything else stops. I don't care what I was planning on doing. If my kids come to visit, that's important. I'm not going to miss that time. I want to spend that time with my kids. Now, even if I do all of that really well, even if I go way out of my way and they give me a badge for being the father of the year, the question still remains, how do I inherit eternal life? How do I inherit eternal life? It's not from being good. It's not being, from being the best. It's not from getting a badge for being the Good Samaritan. It's all about what Jesus did for us. It's all about what Jesus did for us. Aren't you glad? Yes. Aren't you glad? Let's pray and then we can talk a little bit. So Father God, we wanna thank you, Lord, for this parable, this parable of the, of the Good Samaritan, Lord. We've done this a, kind of a couple of times, but Lord- You've been listening to Faith time. Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of faith dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.